To hear the full episode, become a patron at patreon.com slash deathpanelpod. So the interesting thing to me, right, is you have these people who are like, you know, many of them are like on the left. They're studying this. But then in trying to describe it um, and trying to like do something about it, they end up advocating for this system that actually ends up reproducing many of the same problems and, and then new problems through, through uh, workman's comp. And, you know, it sort of rationalizes uh, this, you know, uh, process and, and depoliticizes it, which I feel like is a lot of the, the thing that confronts like people sort of on the, uh, the left, so to speak today is like, there's this, this uh, devil's candy of, of reformism. Right. And so I'm like curious about how that happens or, or at the very, the very least how you think or you know those people who are like ostensibly these are people who are like red marks who like understood and like were at some point in broad like a more radical like critique of um capitalism how they get kind of um bought off and ultimately help to construct this this system which really does just allow employers to kind of intervene and and you know the the profit motive is still there and you know like how they get sort of bought into that system yeah totally so crystal Eastman is a she's she's one of my she's in my mind one of the most sympathetic figures in the book absolutely to, to me and you know in a way kind of a tragic figure because so crystal eastman is a, a socialist and a lawyer and a an early social scientist I and mean, she's a, she's a phenomenal intellectual and and she's someone who is um trying to make trying to do some good in the world i mean she's also a deep humanitarian and you know i guess i would say you know part of the way the way i wrote the book um I do think that workers' comp is a qualified advance, but I think the workers' comp is still in place today. And this is sort of like a, a theoretical and, and political issue. I didn't want to write a book that celebrates better because the better that's there is still super fucked up. Mm, and so right. it's like, you know, like, but like, you know, if, if, if we got into a time machine, I, I wouldn't go back and prevent the passage of workers' comp. Like it'd be like this and much more. Um, and so it was like really like a critical story of the shortcomings and the shortcomings are massive, but, you know, Eastman, I think is someone who is, and there are other people like her who are like, you know, so Crystal Eastman, she's, she writes, she's writing work, work accidents in the law, as you said, as part of the, um, the Pittsburgh survey, she's, um, she's in the homes of steelworkers who've been injured really badly or mm-hmm. in the homes of the family members who were, of, of steelworkers who were killed. And so she sees the immediate, the pain really intensely and has these very personal conversations with them. And she sees the poverty from lost wages. And my sense is that she's someone who's like, we need to do something right now. And so she's committed to socialist revolution, but she's also like, we need change today. And I think that this is just a hard reality for being someone on the kind of revolutionary left that, you know, if you're a humanitarian person as well, I, and I think anybody who's on the, like most people on the revolutionary left are humanitarians as well. You know, we want change immediately because we're big hearted people, but the kinds of deep fundamental change that really honor human dignity, they don't, they just don't happen overnight. And, and those two things together mean the hard reality if we're going to spend a long time in situations where human dignity gets trampled on. And, and the category of like, well, hey, it's less trampled on. Like, that's not a satisfying category. And that's the because the, I think the social reality is just going to stay really ugly for a while. But Eastman is, I think, so I think it's a well-intentioned effort to do, do some good. And I think that there's nothing cynical about it. But it's just the, the options for, I mean, like, if you look at, 
you know, what's the root? I'm, I'm not myself, and I can agree to disagree on this, but I'm not myself an optimist about um, the ballot box as a route to change in the oh, U.S. Yeah. Yeah. But sure. we can certainly, we're not topping out. <laughs> you know, <laughs> that said, the Democrats are not sending their best, most big hearted candidates either. Right. So like we could have better pandemic response and better people in office and so on. And it would be qualitatively better in, in terms of a lot of individual human, human lives. And it would still be a, a situation of like less trampling on of human dignity. It would not be a fundamental social reorganization. And so I think like that's just sort of the reality of this kind of march through the institution politics. And that's what Eastman's doing for very understandable reasons. What ended up happening though, is there are all these other forces who are like, yeah, we also want a reorganization, but not for any humanitarian purposes. So what businesses want is just for liability. So the, the right before workers comp, and this is a major factor in why it happens, the court system gets really volatile. So we're, most workers are still losing, but there's occasional really big, like huge payouts like in inflation adjusted dollars, like 350 grand for an injury. And businesses are like, that's a really scary threat for us. We just want a fixed number that we can budget for. Also, every time a business goes to, goes to court for a lawsuit, they have a pretty good chance uh, for an injury lawsuit. They have a pretty good chance that they're going to win, but there's a slim chance they're going to lose. And if they lose and their competitor wins, they're at a, a competitive disadvantage. So they're like, if, if we just regularize this, if everyone has to pay this, the, basically this tax in a sense. If everyone pays an injury tax, we're all paying it, then there's no competitive disadvantage and we can just budget for it. So that's what businesses want. And then there's some kind of mainstream social scientist types who are like, we want ordinary, we want order, we want an orderly macro economy. And so that's the kind of the hegemonic ideas and the broader point of what the law is doing. And Eastman within that, that's kind of, that sets the terms of what can be accomplished. And so she's like, well, let's make it pay money to injured workers. And and she does succeed in helping bring about more money in working class pockets, which is a qualified advance. But I just think that that's, there's just a low ceiling for what can be accomplished through that kind of institutional work, you know, then, and I would say now as well. Um, but I find it really tragic, you know, like there are people, I had somebody ask me once, like, what would you think about Eastman reading your book? And I'd be like, well, you know, she's dead, so it can't happen. But but I would I would not want her to read my book. There are people who, if I could get into a time machine and be like, force them to read the book and be like, you're a monster, you know, live with that. That'd be great. But Eastman would be like, I just would like, I'm glad she doesn't, <laughs> wouldn't have to know. Because um, I think that, I really do think it comes from a good place. And I don't think that it's intentional on her part. I think she got played, basically. And I think that that's, in my view, kind of what kind of the left, but work within the Democrat kind of institutional politics. That's probably what is the most likely outcome of those kinds of politics, probably, unfortunately. That said, part of why those politics appeal is because they do make concrete differences in the yeah. individual lives of real people on a humanitarian basis. That's mm-hmm. why, that's why I call them the devil's candy, right? Is right. That like, oh, yeah, yeah. They, they wouldn't be, they wouldn't Absolutely. be alluring. They wouldn't be alluring if it was truly, um, you know, nominal or symbolic, right? Totally. The fact is there are material aspects of it. And the, and the fact that there is, is, and, and we talk about this all the time in other contexts, just like listeners familiar with like the Medicare for all conversation is like, mm-hmm. it's the fact that these alternatives actually do do things for people that that cut off that um uh that that the larger sort of radical potential so um, 100%. so I, I don't know i i just found it really interesting to read about this like process in a completely different uh vein well one of the things i really wanted the book to do is to be like here's a terrible moment and here's the best thing on offer in that moment and that terrible thing is still terrible <laughs> well no i to hear the full episode become a patron at patreon.com slash death panel pod
you'll get access to this and the rest of our catalog of patron-only episodes, and be the first to get a new patron episode every Monday when it drops. With love, the death panel.